0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show, brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net. dot empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trima Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day, and as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a success. Well, ladies, I trust that you had a great weekend and you are ready to be productive for the new week. Well, our theme this month is Loving Yourself, Loving Your Business. It's all about understanding the importance of your own balance between yourself and business, what love really means when it comes to you and your business, and how Um, to have the right type of love, you know, uh, so that both you and your business can thrive. Now, today, I'll specifically discuss three ways to love your business. I talked about loving yourself on last Monday, and so I want to make sure that you go to the Women About Biz website so you can listen to the recording from last Monday. To do that, just simply go to Women About Biz, that's B I Z as in zebra, womenaboutbiz.net. Click on podcast in the top right menu bar, and that will take you uh, to the Successful Wanna Radio page where the player is right there for you to listen to all of the previous broadcasts. So make sure that you do that if you need to play catch-up. Now, also, we have some other convenient ways for you to listen as well. If you have an iPhone, then you can simply go into your um, podcast player and put in Successful Woman Radio, three separate words, and it will pull up our show and also provide you with the latest uh, pre-broadcasted shows as well. If you have an Android phone, then download the app Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, download Stitcher, and you will be able to also search for Successful Woman Radio, three separate words, and you will be able to mark it as a favorite. By the way, iPhone users, make sure when you are um in your podcast player, make sure you also give successful radio five stars. That's right. Let people know that it's a good show to listen to. Also, make sure you mark it as a favorite in podcast player in your iPhone as well. So these things make it easy for you to have the show right at your fingertips. I'm so glad that you guys are here with me today. This topic um it's very special to me, and every February I talk about loving yourself and loving your business and why it's just so very, very important, so definitely I have some great things to share with you about loving your business today, and I think that you are going to absolutely love it. When put in action, of course, it is going to yield incredible results for you, so definitely stay tuned for that. Also, we've got coming up five questions of business and leadership, business leadership. You know, these are the questions that you can continually ask yourself, and believe it or not, as you begin to expand and grow, each time you're asking yourself these questions, you're going to have different answers, and you're also going to have to research and dig and work on Um, the answers if you need to adjust them, right? And so I think that you will really find this very valuable to adopt this way of having an overview as the CEO for your company. And then I have some time management tips for you that really work for me. They work for a lot of my clients that I'm currently um, working on with some time management practices. And, of course, our book club, Book of the Month, Action Has No Season by Michael V. Roberts. Uh, This is a great book. I have received some emails from many of you, um, and some of you have even said, well, I had a little bit of trouble catching on to everything that he was saying. Um, And so, of course, we're going to go over one of the chapters today in the book. But what I can tell you is that Some books have so many hidden gems in there, it's important for you to take a yellow highlighter and highlight some of the areas, especially areas that you need to go back over and read so that you can have your aha moment or get a better understanding of. And of course, finally today, we will cover three ways to love your business. I want to share three specific ways that I think is very, very important. So let's go ahead and get started with the five questions of business leadership. Here's question number one, have I prepared my mindset for greatness. You know, every single day I am convicted, I am positive that preparing your mindset for greatness is just something that you totally have to do every single day, non-fail. It should be ingrained, it should become a habit to the point where it automates the in your actions, and it's something that you don't even have to think about because you do it so often. Now, why is this so very, very important? You know, again, we can get motivated by so many other people, but when it comes to personal power, when it comes to you tapping into your own abilities, when it comes to you supporting yourself. You have to be ready to do it every single day, and preparing your mindset for greatness puts that force field around you to protect yourself, to make sure that you are guarded, that you are girded and ready, okay, to keep the field of positivity always around you, no matter what happens throughout your day. By doing that, it allows you to always keep your personal power to you. Let me just share this with you. Uh, I have had a lot of people recently say, well, what do you think personal power is? Well, personal power is your ability to bring yourself out of any funky mode, right? It's your ability to manifest. It's your ability to uh, become the queen of goal setting. It's your ability to take swift and immediate action on things that you want to see happen in your life. It's your ability, right, to balance your subconscious mind with your conscious mind so that it's not constantly fighting your conscious mind for the things that you want to do, right? Because we all know that over the period of our lifetime, there are opinions, thoughts, experiences, environments, and even what others think and believe all go into our subconscious mind, and oftentimes it's not always right. But our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. And so as a result, in our conscious mind, when we're trying to move forward and do different things to help ourselves along with our business or our life, and our subconscious mind has something in there that could possibly work against it, you better believe it's going to bring it up to the surface and not want to be in agreement with your conscious mind to to move forward. This is why oftentimes we have this feeling of force field, this feeling of pull, like we can't do something or it won't let us do something. Have you ever tried uh, to do something in your lifetime where you know that you wanted to do a certain thing or you wanted to accomplish a certain thing, but for whatever reason, it always felt like there's a force field, something that's pulling you back and not allowing you to move forward. You find yourself procrastinating and you just don't know why. Well, if you dig a little deeper, you eventually really that it has a lot to do with what's in your subconscious mind that's holding you back. So again, this is why preparing your mindset for greatness, putting in positive thoughts, images, visions, things that you personally want, and then repeating them and creating actions that will turn into habits, that's so very, very important. It's the ultimate in personal power. So this is why preparing your mindset for greatness is key. It's pivotal in you having the things that you want in life. It's pivotal in you accomplishing your dreams and goals, okay? Here's number two in the five questions of business leadership is, are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and goals? Again, are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and goals. Now, this is a very important question that you have to ask yourself, but I wanted to slow it down and talk a little bit about beliefs and why it's so important. Now, if you'll remember, I want to talk about what beliefs really are. So beliefs are really a compilation of thoughts, opinions, experiences, um, environment that all form together, right? to become a habit because it, it, it's repeated so consistently that it's automated and it forms that belief within you, right? So that's very, very important. But here's the thing you need to know. Belief can be false and beliefs can be true. And sometimes as kids, uh, as young adults, we can pick up beliefs that are not Factual, they are not true, but we pick them up because of what someone else said or because of someone else's experience or even because of our own experience without really doing the investigation to determine whether or not it was kind of like a one-time thing or what were the facts involving that or is that really true, right? So it's key that you understand that you must have belief to support whatever it is that you want to do. And when you set out to create a vision and to set goals that support that vision, you better believe that in order for those goals to come to realization and you to accomplish them, you better believe you better go back and ask yourself, do I have the belief to really accomplish these goals, because if you don't, you'll never understand why the goals are not accomplished. You'll never understand why you feel like you can't get certain things done, okay? Here's number three. What do I want to have accomplished by this Friday? Again, what do I want to have accomplished by this Friday? Now, this question is important because you really need to be focused on the the end of the week, and then you need to bring yourself back to where you are right now and make sure you look at your calendar, your planner, and ensure that the activities you have scheduled in there are actually supporting what it is that you want to accomplish by the weekend. Oftentimes what you can find is that all of the activities you have scheduled don't even pertain to what it is that you want to accomplish. For example, if you say that you're trying to have a $1,500 week, you got to sit yourself down, get in your all too famous quiet place, right? And ask yourself, what is it going to take for me to bring in $1,500 this week? Because there are a set of actions that you're going to identify that have to make that happen. And if those actions are not scheduled or in your planner or they're not delegated to the right people, it just will not happen. And so this is very, very pivotal, right? In starting your week out, we're always looking at the end of the week and backing up and saying, okay, by Friday, this is what I want to have done. Let me back up to where I am right now. What will it take for me to make that happen, okay? Very important. And then, of course, as you know, as the CEO of your company, you're always wanting to take a look at three very important things as you look at your goals each and every day, and that is sales right? You want to make sure that you're on top of your sales goals. Marketing, you want to make sure that your marketing is doing its job, right? Do you have automated marketing so that you aren't having to always go back every single day and plug in stuff to market to your audience? Um, New leads, how are your leads being generated, right? Do you have a system plugged into your marketing that actually is going to help you to generate those leads? So those three things are all always going to be or should be at the top of your list when you're talking about business goals, okay? Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business? Now, ladies, you know, this is a question that I had to honestly ask myself as I was working on my vision, as I was working on look my goals and what it is that I really wanted to accomplish for 2021 with Women About Biz, and I will have to tell you, okay, I will have to tell you that I had to really set myself down and go in a place of of humbleness, and I had to really say, you know what, you're not as much of an asset to your business as you should be. With all of your talent and your potential and all of the things that you have going on, you should be a better asset for your business. Well, what is an asset to your business? What does that exactly mean? Well, you have to ask yourself, am I being an ambassador for my business? Am I really letting people know uh, who I am and what I do, and am I doing it in a way that it, it starts reaching the masses? Um, am I seeking out new collaborations, right? There are other businesses that don't do what I do, but they see the same type of, have I determined wh- where those businesses are, who the owners are, and have I discussed with the owners ways that we can actually collaborate and do cross-referrals? Um, am I leading my power team? Well, you know, you even have to ask yourself the question, do I have a power team? Because, you know, I've been talking about a power team for, for pretty much the, the majority of the length of the show for as long as it has gone on. And yet, when I do power talks with a lot of you who schedule them, I, just, I find out that you don't have a power team. So listen up, ladies. This is the year that you have to step into your leadership, okay? You cannot afford to be doing every little thing going on in your business. You can't afford to take out four hours of time to schedule your social media when those four hours could be used in uh, doing other things that are even higher, higher value for you, right? And so, again, I want you to look at Creating a team of individuals, they're not employees, they could be contractors, right? Um, It could be one-off services, but you need to create a list of the type of roles you need played on your power team. Could it be a graphic designer? Could it be a web designer? Could it be someone that writes articles? Could it be someone that can set up your social media for you? Whatever it is. And remember, my rule of thumb with creating your power team is that um, you cannot allow the excuse, I don't have enough money, to, to prevent you from creating a power team. And I would venture to say that a lot of you who have not created a power team, and yet you've heard me talk about this concept time and time again, you haven't did so because in your mind, you're thinking, there's no need to create the power team if I don't have the money to pay the people. And I'm going to say that kind of thinking is not the thinking of a leader. Okay, so you've got to change that type of thinking, okay, and you've got to turn that around and say, I'm going to go ahead and create my power team, I'm going to look at my budget and see if I have the budget to have these people come and play now and help me with some things, and if not, I'm going to plan to start pushing funds over to getting that done. And then I need to double check and find out if it's possible I can get a college intern. And I even need to look within my own family. If I have children that are 15, 16, 17 years old, they probably know social media better than you do and how to navigate it, then they can, you know, then go and help me at least three hours a week With pre scheduling my social media, I could train them on what they need to do. And so, again, we can't always allow the lack of money to keep holding us back. This is a very serious issue going on with a lot of business women. They hold themselves back because they feel that they don't have the money, and so therefore, they don't do anything. They just procrastinate. They just let it alone. Someone once asked me if I don't have the money to have coaching with you, what do I do? I said, well, the first thing you need to do is tap into the resources that I do have for free until you can afford it. Listen to Successful Woman Radio. Are you taking advantage of the free power talk that I offer every year, right? And then even when I do the show, if I talk about specific things and God allows me, I can also many times offer another additional power talk to individuals that listen to the show within a 24-hour period. I've done it time and time again. So some people haven't even really paid me for coaching, but they may have had three or four coaching sessions with me because they're at least listening to the show, writing notes, getting the information that they need. So, again, this is why I say stop allowing money to hold you back. Another way, um, if you can't afford coaching and you can still tap into my research, sign up for the free membership at womenaboutbiz.net, right? Because I always offer free members different things that are going on, and, and the articles are well worth the wait. Um, and go to go ahead and sign up for that free membership at womenaboutbiz.net. So there's a lot of things that you can do without always having to have the money. Honey, let me tell you something. You need to really write this, uh, this phrase down on an index card and, and, and multiply that index card and keep it in different places. And here it is. I make money. Money does not make me. Okay, again, I make money, money does not make me. You have got to get that in your heart and in your head, right? You have got to embrace that or else you're going to always feel like you're controlled by money. You're going to always feel like you never have enough money. And the reason being is because of the mindset, right? We don't want to have a poverty mindset when it comes to money. We want to have a wealth mindset. You've got to take charge, take control, take leadership, and you've got to start saying to yourself, "I make money. Money doesn't make me. It's it's an intangible object. It's something that is exchanged for a product or a service or information." Okay, so you have the control to make as much money or as little money as you want. That's the truth of the matter. So when it comes to you creating a power team, gathering a group of individuals, and having them available to you when you need them, that is the move of a power player. That is the move of a woman who is certainly in control of her CEO role and her position. You've got to become that asset that your business needs, okay? And last but not least, question number five in the five questions of business leadership, am I investing in myself and my business? Again, am I investing in myself and my business? Now, I want to break that down into three important things that you should really be looking at investing in, okay? Your health and your wellness. Okay, now, I will be the first person to be transparent to you guys i have I am really working right now on some things for my health i you know from um genetics, I deal with high blood pressure, which I am getting under control, and not use genetics as an excuse right uh, I am dealing with Crohn's disease, which is something that I was diagnosed with in my thirties, and I'm getting that under control, but I'm also working really hard on eating the right kinds of food and making sure that I keep my body hydrated. Now, why is that? Why am I pursuing that, going after that? It's because I know in order to create a successful business, in order to um, have the energy, the level of energy I need to actually come up with all of these ideas and create in order to serve you, my listeners, and my clients, I have to be at peak performance, right? Right? And in order to be at peak performance, that means my body, this vessel that my spirit resides in, has to be healthy. So it's time for us all as women to take a look at our health and make sure that we are putting ourselves in check when it comes to health and wellness, okay? The next thing that you need to be investing in is personal development, okay, and coaching, I can't begin to tell you how many people have coaching with me that have never had it before, they may have just had a power talk, and they cannot believe how fast they are actually getting things done and seeing things happen in their business. I've had people to tell me, Trina, I am not lying to you. I've been trying to get this done for the last year, for the last two years, and all of a sudden I got it done in the last two weeks, 30 days. I can't. Put wrap my mind around that. Why? How? How is it that that's happening? Well, listen, sometimes what you don't understand about coaching is that your coach can not only motivate you, but your coach can um, provide resources to you. Your coach can help you to break things down and see things that you're not even looking at and help you to um, move things faster and hold you accountable, which is a huge piece of coaching right, and help you stay focused because sometimes when we when we are in the midst of life it 's so difficult to just stay focused so in, investing in personal development investing in coaching is definitely you're going to definitely see a rate of return on that and then marketing and advertising do you know that there are so many business women out there who still have not set a budget for their marketing Wow. Yeah, you, you heard me right. There are a lot of business women that have not set a budget for their marketing, and this is one of the reasons why they're not getting results. I mean, hands down, um, a lot of the times the lack of results that you're getting or not getting in your business has to do with the fact that, number one, Your marketing strategy. You may not be clear on your target market audience and you're marketing to the wrong audience, or you don't even have a strategy written down and you don't have a blueprint for a sales funnel of how things are supposed to work in your marketing, right? Because your marketing, really these days, your marketing in large can be automated, okay? And then you are not advertising. You're hoping that organic marketing, that is marketing through social media and putting links and dropping links and all that, you're hoping that that will work for you. And I will tell you that it can. But if you're looking for for a quicker return, if you're looking for a faster response, If you're looking for a steady stream of leads, then you really have to look at paid advertising, right? Sometimes the best of things are not always going to be free, so you have got to invest in marketing. But before you invest in marketing, don't do anything until you've laid the foundation. And keep that in mind, just as a side note, in all that you do in business, there always has to be a foundation on which a system is built for it to properly function, and so you never want to jump out of place or do things out of turn or put the cart before the horse and start just doing stuff when you can't when you haven't even set the foundation on which a system is built to make it work properly, right? And so you always, as a CEO, you always want to have that 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 thought path, right? foundation, build a system to make it work so you don't have to keep going back and doing it over and over, right? And then put it in place. Then put it in place, right? Don't do things out of turn, but be structured, functional, and organized in all that you do. So there you have it. You have five questions of business leadership that you can ask yourself any time that you need to in order to help you to have a better overview of who you are as the CEO and of your business, okay? And remember, as you grow, the answers to these questions are going to change, they are going to change. So you, you must re- always remember that. That's why these questions are so important. That's why you can ask them of yourself as often as you need to, because as you're growing, they are going to change. And these are questions that you can't always sometimes just answer right off the bat, right? Sometimes you have to schedule your quiet time in your planner so that you can really meditate on these questions and look at the answers. And for those questions that you can't readily answer, what it really means is that you don't have an answer for them because you've not done it. And it means that then you need to go ahead and schedule time in your planner to to actually do the work, take action on it so that you can start answering the questions, okay? So, again, those are the five questions of business leadership, and I hope that you guys Are really really taking the time to ask yourself these questions. Write them down. Very very important. The board is packed out today, and um, I am just really blessed by God and and uh, the fact that we always have a packed out board at Successful Woman Radio. Um, We have been on air now for a pretty long time, over a decade, and as a result, we have had more than uh, a half million. As a matter of fact, I need to go ahead and have a new count uh, because I would venture to say that we're probably getting close to that one million mark of people downloading the shows and what have you. But for those of you that are new to the show, I want to share with you who we are. Successful Woman Radio is all about providing you, the businesswoman, with a positive environment where you can be motivated, encouraged, and inspired to create a successful life generating the income that you desire. Now, these are not words, these just words. These are things that we really have a goal at Women About Biz to do. You see, Successful Woman Radio is the flagship podcast and radio show for womenaboutbiz.net. And if you've never visited the website, make sure you go and sign up for our free membership. You know, Women About Biz has been helping women to start and grow a business for over 21 years. We service more than 30,000 women nationwide through our courses, our um, information, through our articles, through our events. And we want you to be a part of our family of business women. So the first place to start is just go to uh, women about B-I-Z at B-I-Z, as in zebra.net, and go ahead and click on join and sign up for our free membership. And, of course, make sure you mark in your calendar for 12 noon Eastern time every single Monday, Successful Woman Radio. I've had a lot of people to email me or text me before, and they say, Trina, can you start putting out announcements earlier, start reminding us? Uh, a little bit earlier uh, that Successful Woman Radio is coming on. And my answer to that is, um, yes, I can. But here's the thing. What's preventing you guys from putting in your planner every single Monday as a recurring um, activity, Successful Woman Radio, at 12 noon Eastern. I mean, nothing's preventing you from putting that in there, locking it in, and then sharing it with someone else, okay? So do that for me. Uh, Remember, the show is just a combination of coaching. It's a combination of motivation, encouragement, inspiration, and so we want to make sure that you are getting the meat. That's what this show is all about. So coming up, is time management tips that work? Get your notepads out. I think you're gonna like this one. I want to make sure that I'm giving you some good information that you can actually put to use. So lately, I have been really working with several of my um, one-on-one clients who have said, "Trina, I I think in time management, I got to do something about it because I I cannot believe um, that." you know, over all of these years of running my business that I'm still having difficulty with time management. It's like it's not making sense, okay? I totally get it, girl. I totally get it because I um, had problems with time management as well, and it's not to say that I still don't have problems with it, but I do have a system that I use that helps me out a lot, okay? So here are just some tips. It's not a time management course. These are just some tips that I want to leave with you guys. First of all, tip number one is only use one calendar. Ladies, what is up? with everybody using all of these multiple calendars. Oh, my goodness. I've talked to people that say, hey, I've got a calendar on my refrigerator, and that's for my family, and that's for uh, my children's school activities. So I have to go look on that calendar for that. Then I have some people say, well, I also have a separate calendar for medical appointments, Um, you know, doctor's appointments for the kids, for myself, my husband. I have separate appointments for that. And then I have separate appointments for when I'm supposed to pay my bills. And then I have a business calendar. So listen up, listen up, listen up, okay? I'm not going to say you shouldn't have separate calendars, but here's the problem with that whole thought path is that we only have one life, okay? It's not like we have eight of us physically walking around this earth every single day. And one person's responsible for the medical calendar and one person's responsible for the activity calendar. One person's responsible for the business. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? But it's not like that, okay? So my my advice is that you should only have one calendar that is responsible for displaying all of the to do items, all of your appointments and activities on one page, in one area, in one section for each day. Okay? Now, with that said, I know that in Google Calendar, which is a, an online calendar, you actually Google allows you to download the Google Calendar app so you can have it on your desktop then it allows you to put the app on your phone, and then you have it in real time online in the, in the cloud as well. So Google is very, very good. So through Google, you can, in one calendar account, have multiple calendars, but they all will show up on one calendar. In other words, it's basically just a way of segmenting the different type of activities you have. And then if you just want to look at those activities, you can. But that's different than having physical calendars all around your house, in your car, on your desk at your office. That's, a, that's different. Because you're having to manage all of those and write different things in all of those, and it can just become a pile of mess. So use only one calendar in which you view all of your activities, all of your appointments and everything, okay? I can't talk about that enough. The next one, tip number two, is that as you are in business and you have a personal life as well, Every Sunday evening, what you really need to do is schedule that time to review your calendar and then make sure that you're asking yourself from a business perspective, what goal am I trying to accomplish by the end of the week, which is usually a Friday or Saturday, so that you can back all the way up and go and see if you have actions to actually support that goal, right? And then what you need to do is consider using spacers between your appointment. That's tip number three, using spacers. Now, spacers are very, very important because they stop things from uh, uh, falling through the cracks and they stop you from being late at your appointments, right? And so here are some uh, tips on using spacers. Again, spacers are blocks of time that are in between your appointments that prevent you from being late for your appointments and also prevent things from falling through the cracks. So here are some samples of spacers, okay? Um, A spacer could be an admin block. That's a kind of spacer. So you may have an admin block for a specific amount of time because you have to do items That you've got to take care of in your business or things that need to get done, but there's no need for you to write all of those to-do items on that particular calendar space, so you're going to block the amount of time that's needed for administrative work, because if you don't, that work is not going to get done, okay? So that's an admin block. Another kind of block is a travel block. Okay, A travel block is any time you've got to go outside of your office or your home office to meet somebody or for an appointment. You've got to really um, measure and look at the amount of time it's going to take you to leave your home to go to that designated location for the meeting. And sometimes it may be 15 minutes around the corner, or it may be 30 minutes out, or it may be 45 minutes away right? And if you have not created a travel block before the actual appointment, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be late for that appointment because you might put a a client appointment in there or something else when it really should have been a travel block. Another type of block that you should have is what I call a client prep. Block okay. If there is a client meeting that you have, or a customer meeting that you have coming up, and there's things that you needed to prep for, or to do for that particular appointment, and you haven't did it yet, then you need to have a a client prep block or right before that that gives you that time to review their record or review what it is that you your notes from your last meeting or do what you need to do and be prepared. that actual meeting. So there are all kinds of spacers that you can have in between your appointments that really help you to be more efficient, right? They're very important. Um, The next tip I have for you is to consider using colors to distinguish between different types of appointments. Now, if you have a, a physical planner, Right. If you have a physical planner, then you know you can um, just wait until you put all of the weeks' activities and appointments and stuff in there, and then go highlight them with the different color markers. For example, blue could be medical appointments. Green could be clients. That stands for money. That means that that green popping out at you in your your weekly planner is going to let you know how much money is coming in. If you don't have enough green, that's a problem, right? Yellow could be admin or used for your spacers, okay? So that's just an example of how you can use colors. And again, um, if you are using Google Calendar, okay, if you're using Google Calendar for your planning, for everything that you're planning, then you have the ability through Google Calendar to actually set the different colors up um, for the different types of meetings that you have, and so it automatically does that. Now, what are the best calendars to use? Because I get this uh, question all the time. A lot of people wanting to know um, how do you properly, you know, use online calendars or, or online calendars versus uh, physical calendars. What should you use? Well, let me just say this. Um, there, There is no such thing as the calendar to use. Honey, it works if you work it. That's what you really need to get through your mind, okay? You need to, you, you really need to embrace that. Okay, you need to get it through your mind that no time management system in the world is going to work for you unless you work it. That means that it is going to require commitment, commitment on your part. Okay, now with that said, if you want to know what I use, well, I am an avid user and fan of Google, all things Google. I really am, and they have done an excellent job, and I would have to say it is one of the rare free products out here in the web world where they don't really advertise or put their logo on a whole lot of stuff, but they give it to you at no cost. And I don't think a lot of people realize this, but Google does a lot to empower third-world countries with the ability to use the Internet and have the type of software that otherwise they would have to pay for, but they are able to afford it. So Google created G Suite, right? And when Google created G Suite, they then eventually brought over G Suite to America, where we can use it for free at no cost as well. And so it is extremely powerful, and it can help you in many ways, specifically the Google Calendar. I use it exclusively, and I absolutely love it because it also can integrate with other softwares that you might be using. It can even integrate with your WordPress website. So it it can do quite a bit, okay? Now, if you are a service provider, whether you are a hairstylist, a coach, bookkeeping, taxes, you provide some kind of service, some type of coaching, some type of Um, business where it's going to require people to schedule appointments with you, then in addition to a calendar, you're also going to really need an appointment scheduler. And the one that I like the most, I've used different ones that are out there, but there are two in particular that I absolutely love. One is Kalindi. I love that. Um, it, it works really well. And the other one is bacita B-C-I-T-A, B as in Victor, C as in Cat, I as in Igloo, T as in Tom, A as in Apple, Basita. Um, I love either one of those. They're very, very good. bacita actually, however, is really for service oriented businesses and it really helps you to market and do other things so one does more than the other Facita does more than calendy uh, okay but both are very very good Okay, so you might want to take a look at which one would work best for you. Um, Calendy, but has a free uh, lifetime service. Okay, and if you want more features, then you have to upgrade. But both of them integrate with your Google Calendar, right? Very, very important. So I definitely want to uh, make that known. I hope these time management tips are helping you. It is twelve forty-three after the hour. Don't hang up. Don't click off. I. Phil got some information to share with you on ways to love your business. Right now, before we do that, I want to go ahead and quickly read um, Chapter 8 of the book, Action Has No Season. I want to read a couple of, uh, well, one excerpt in particular for you. I'm reading from Chapter 8 of Boyd, the Utilitarian Life, okay? He says, there should only be one life, personal and business. He says, the actioneer's personal and business lives are one. They mentally link them differently, but with limited distinction. Often the actioneer's relatives, friends, and coworkers don't understand the actionaire's life plan. They do not see the truth in its entirety. The actionaire believes that building one's business or career is just as important and rewarding as family vacations and children's graduations. The actionaire's behavior appears to be insensitive because they frequently contradict the lessons taught by the family religious educational structures. They challenge the societal rules of separating work and play. Generally, we are taught to become an uninteresting, lackluster, repetitive, monotonous utilitarian. You are instructed to live a life that is practical, useful, and robotically serviceable to society. You must obediently perform your no-thrills nine-to-five job, enjoy your two vacations a, uh, a year, and plan a retirement. To become an actionaire, however, you will be obliged to shadow this rule. You must be prepared to ward off the onslaught of society's status quo dis- disciplines. Confronting them requires a mindset that is resolute to your vision. You must be capable of challenging this constrained societal and workplace environment. These limited environments require you to quit your passion for business and approach life in a traditional and predictable way. These restrictive settings are positioned to detach your mind from the multi-tiered diverse existence adored by you and force you to a conventional subsistence. This conform surrounding hinders the actioneer's growth and will ultimately, most friends and family members don't have the vision or drive to fulfill their calling. They do not understand an actioneer's behavior, which makes it virtually impossible for the actioneer to communicate the reason of their action. The realism of an actioneer's psyche is that they consider the love and comfort of a family and friends as the foundation for their survival and existence. So without their family support, their home life and business ambitions would lack purpose. It's unfortunate, though, that so many people see life as an occurrence guided by a mystical existence and not by choices that they make. Scapegoat phrases like, I guess it was meant to be, are avoided by the actioneer and embraced by individuals who use crutches on which to lean when poor decisions are made, okay? Most people, he says, don't understand the era in which they live. They see their life as being guided by a higher being or as a series of accidents linked together. The action there sees life as a link of choices. They envision life as a series of confrontations with precise action being the weapon of choice to succeed. The actionnaire understands only one word, action, and respects only two words, wealth and authority. Action achieves personal wealth and authority. It is the wealthy and those with authority that carry clout, which controls and directs people with power. So I'm going to leave it right there with you guys, okay, but I do want to say that it's a little bit hard to take everything that he's saying, but at the end of the day, when you actually go look at what he's saying, he's absolutely correct. Action rules everything, right? You want wealth. You want authority. You want your business to be successful. You want to lead a life of, of joy, of happiness, of abundance that requires you to become an actionnaire It requires you to, to have unshakable faith, that level of belief so deeply rooted that it compels you to take swift and immediate action on all of your dreams, on all of your goals. So this book, Action Has No Season, is very, very special. Um, and this is something that you guys should definitely have in your success library. By the way, for those of you that don't know it, the author Michael D. Roberts. He was a he's been a multimillionaire for decades, right? But I do want you guys to know that he just crossed the one billion mark, and he is now officially a billionaire. And so that's what we want to do. We want to listen to people that have knowledge. We want to listen to people that have been there, done that, right? We want to listen to people who just who just aren't saying the words, but they're living the words, right? And so I want you to pay attention to that. It is 1248 after the hour. Don't hang up, don't click off, because we're getting ready to move right into our topic of the day, loving your business, right? How important is that, huh? Loving your business is just so very, very key. And so our whole theme this month has been about loving yourself and loving your business, making sure that you develop a balance for yourself between the two. So let's talk about what is loving your business all about, okay? What is that about? Well, loving your business is about you taking action and being a responsible CEO and doing the things that are necessary and best for your business. That's what it's about. It's not always doing what you want, but it's doing what's best for your business, right? It's like you may make a $5,000 profit at the end of the month. Doing what's best for your business might be taking 15 to 20% of that and pulling that aside to utilize in marketing. Uh, or towards your marketing budget. And if you can, pulling even more of it aside and using it in your marketing budget. Because why? You're doing what's best for your business. You know that your business requires a marketing budget. You know that it requires a certain amount of money to put ads into Facebook or into the internet or Google AdWords. You know that. And so, therefore, you're preparing and you are doing what's best for the business. Another thing that's doing what's best for the business is is for example you being clear on your position as the CEO of your company. Have you created a position description yet for who you are and what you do for your company? And you should do it in a bullet point fashion so it really gives you a to do list of items that you have to repeat over and over and there are things that you have to look at all the time, every day even right but you should have a position description as the ceo for your company so that you're clear on what you are doing in your business you're clear on how you are to lead your business and this is what's best for your business you see loving your business is really about you treating your business with respect honoring your business in such a way that you are never going to leave it blindsided and not do the things that are necessary for it to survive and thrive. That's what loving your business is all about, and yet there are areas of our business where we are just not loving our businesses like we really, really should, but then we have all of these expectations. That's what I'm trying to understand, is why is it that we have all of these expectations uh, from our business, but our business isn't allowed to expect anything from us? Something's wrong with that picture, right? Absolutely. So we are responsible for loving our business and giving it the nourishment that it needs. And nourishment doesn't always mean money, but nourishment might mean your time. It might mean for once put your business in priority so that you can start properly planning for it. So very, very important. So loving your business is very, very key, and I think all too often we don't ask ourselves the question, but I really want to challenge you to ask yourself this question. Do I really love my business in a way that's helping it to thrive? Again, do I really love my business in a way that is helping it to thrive? So what I want to do quickly is I want to give you – some things that I think that you should be doing to love your business, okay? This is very, very important, okay? So let's go ahead and let's just start with the first thing that you should be doing to love your business. Number one, I told you the first one, which is create your CEO position description so that you can be the best ambassador for your business that you can be, okay? You need to have that clarity. Here's number two. You need to develop a system structure for your business, for all of the core areas in your business, whether it is finances for your bookkeeping and how you're managing your money, whether it is marketing, how you're generating your leads and attracting clients, right, whether it is delegating and how you are delegating and creating a power team, whatever whatever the core areas are in your business, you should develop processes for them. That means that you should have a foundation that you have set up on which you have built systems for each core area of your business, okay? So that's very, very key. Next, it is, you know, and we've talked about this today, which is that definitely loving your business is about creating a power team of people that can support you so that you are not doing everything. You might be a solopreneur, but it doesn't mean that you have to do everything, okay? The next thing that I think can really, really help you um really start loving your business more is to plan ahead of time, okay? do things ahead of time, become a proactive queen, and i am um i can I just share with you guys that I haven't always done that, but I can't tell you how much peace how it lowers my stress level to be proactive and to do things ahead of time i I just can't tell you. Uh, how that has helped me. And so you need to become a proactive queen. You need to do things ahead of time, plan ahead, and use your calendar for what it's supposed to be for, to schedule out, to plan out things, right? Now, here's the thing that's very, very important also, is that it's important for you to have already identified your uh, your finance, your financial power team, meaning the people who are taking care of your money and helping you with your money responsibilities, right? So it goes without saying, but you really do need to sit down and talk with an accountant or a bookkeeper and know who's going to do your taxes. You need to look at Um, If you are in business full time, you need to take a look at what type of medical plan do you have? Do you have a business, uh, I'm sorry, a medical savings plan, which is something that can really help you and is greatly tax deductible, um, pretty much 100%. So you need to be looking at these things, okay? The next thing that I think is key as far as loving your business is this. And this this has helped me tremendously, and I've had to now enact this, uh, the the bottom of last year, and I'm now enacting it throughout this year, making sure that I keep myself balanced and aligned. And that is, you need to um, eliminate clients, customers that are hindering your business or causing you great deals of stress. You need to eliminate that. You need to rid yourself of those customers, of those clients, because it is not helping you. You think you're hanging on trying to help them. And at the same time, though, they have not changed in the way they're communicating with you, and it's dragging you. It's dragging you on and on and on, and you don't need that in your life. That is not loving your business, right? And so you have to understand is that all business relationships aren't meant to be. You have to understand that every customer or client is not meant to be your customer or client. And so you get to create a profile of the type of clients that they want. Now, with that said, the next tip is that you need to be the type of service provider or the type of business owner that provides impeccable customer service to your customers and to your clients. You need to let your words be clear okay? You need to be the I am who I say I am to your customers and clients. If you are broadcasting that you have great customer service, but you have poor customer service, you got to put yourself in check on that, right? So it's important. It's very, very important that you realize and understand these things because keeping people in your life, or hanging on to something just for the money will backfire on you every single time, guaranteed, and you need to watch that, okay? Last but not least, you got to pay yourself, okay? you got to pay yourself. you got to make sure that you're receiving some type of honorarium, if not a full income, some type of honorarium, honorarium off the top, okay? It needs to be put in your personal checking account so you actually see that you have deposited there, okay? Very, very important. As a matter of fact, I always tell my clients, if you cannot afford to pay yourself full or even part-time, but you can give yourself an honorarium, then what you need to do is just set up a savings account and put the money that you're going to give yourself in your savings account and let it ride, so that you can see it build up. That way it encourages you, it motivates you, because you don't want to ask yourself, why am I in business if I'm not benefiting from anything? What is this about, right? Because truth be told, the reason why anybody start a business, there are multiple reasons, but the main two reasons they start a business is, number one, is that they want to make some money, and number two, they want to be able to have experiences that the money can afford them. So, you have to really put yourself in check, right? But I hope that these tips are helping you to understand better how to love yourself, because there's nothing like loving yourself, and there's nothing like loving your business. Make sure you share these episodes with other people who need to hear the the words, right, Who, who need to get this information. I want to thank all of you for listening to the show today. Mark your calendar for next Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. Be blessed, be be productive, be abundant this week, ladies. And as always, I love you with the love of God. Bye-bye.